0: Good afternoon, good morning to everyone tuning in to the show today. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson. As you all know, by now, I get the last word. And uh, let me start being a little extra, but you know, let's get right into it, guys. I'm, I want to get started. First and foremost, this episode, I wanted to begin by speaking on NBA news, and I want to bring up the Lakers and... Specifically, I want to talk about LeBron James and his movement and his change to the five position for the Lakers. And to be frank with you guys, to be honest with you guys, it's been working. I'm not saying that they are looking otherworldly as a team, as a whole, but him playing the five for them is extremely helpful at this moment. Because, first and foremost, his numbers over the last three games are insane. I mean, Excluding tonight's game that occurred against the Timberwolves, which they did win, by the way, the final score was 108 to 103. LeBron is averaging 37 and a half points, basically, at center, with 12 and a half rebounds, almost, and two blocks per game. He is balling right now, and I want everyone to keep in mind this: they're doing this without Anthony Davis, who, again, I have said before, has been disappointing this season. But at the end of the day, A.D. is still a top five talent in this league. He can be a top five player if he can piece it together. I believe Russell Westbrook is getting too much blame. Even though he has not been great the entire season, I think he's getting far too much blame for what's been going on with the Lakers. A lot of that has a lot to do with A.D.'s inconsistency, LeBron in and out of the lineup, the inconsistency in the lineups that they're playing with, things of that nature. So a lot of that falls on other players and coaching. But Westbrook does have to be better. I'm not making any excuses for him. He has to be better as well. But the, back to the Lakers making this adjustment, it's been helpful. Their defensive rating has gone up. Their defensive, <clears throat> excuse me, their defensive rating has gone up. And their <laughs> defensive ability, defensive abilities, excuse me, has been better because they're better at switching. They're not getting stuck in pick and roll situations with big man who can't guard on the perimeter like with a Dwight Howard or a DeAndre Jordan. You know, they're better in that in that circumstance, in that situations. Even though LeBron can't bang with the bigger and more lethal scorers in the league at center, he holds his own just as well as those other guys. I know, you know, some people are going to say he's not a legitimate starter center. He can't play that position naturally throughout the season and hope to make a finals run. I can agree to that to an extent, but I do believe there can be stretches throughout the season and in the playoffs, if it does come to that, that he can not do that. I truly do believe that. Now to move on, another NBA news. Ladies and gentlemen, Chicago Bulls are legit. And this offseason, I graded them as the winners of the offseason, and I didn't think it was close. I thought these guys got significantly better. You know, adding DeMar DeRozan, an all-star, adding Lonzo Ball, who I believe is one of the better two-way players in the league, period. Just not two-way guards. He's one of the better 3-and-D guys. I've always been a Zach Levine guy. I've always questioned whether or not are people sure that he's not better than Jason Tatum. And this year, he looks better. I mean, he's giving you another 50-40, almost 90 season. I love what I'm seeing out of J- Zach Levine, I'm I love what I'm seeing out of this team period They play as a cohesive unit They're way better defensively than I thought they were going to be They're not juggernauts on that end But they're good enough And they're putting up points Like I thought they could have And DeMar DeRozan deserves some kind of consideration for MVP talks Because at this point he's been lights out I still believe Zach Levine is the best player on that team But DeMar DeRozan is making a very, very good case to be the best player of the Bulls right now and actually being the best player in the East as we speak. And no disrespect to Kevin Durant at all, but in terms of who is hot right now, who is playing better right now, it's not a crazy argument to say that DeMar DeRozan is playing better right now. Being the fact that the Bulls just became the number one seed in the East, the the Nets dropped the game to a pg List Clipper team. Not far-fetched to say. Now, with all that being said, I want to say this as well. I'm still not fully sure about them making the finals and actually beating anyone in the, to get to the finals because I still have to see DeMar DeRozan perform his way in the playoffs. He has had multiple meltdowns in the playoffs. And most notably against the Cavaliers with LeBron James. He also did not play significantly better when he was with the Spurs in the series against the Nuggets. He just didn't look well. He, he shot terribly from the field those games. In order for people to believe the Bulls are legitimate and they can't go, he has to be better in the bigger moments. He cannot shy away from them and he cannot let the moment get bigger than him. He has to be better. I, he, I know he has the talent to be it. He just has to show it. Another news around the league, as we all know, Kyrie Everett will make his return. And honestly, I'm shocked that the Nets are, <clears throat> excuse me, I am shocked that the Nets are allowing him to play, especially after the stance they took against him playing. But he will be playing in away games. They will allow him to practice with the team as well. So this is a win for Kyrie Everett. I just don't like the fact that <clears> that other players around the league had to get vaccinated when they're letting, you know, Kyrie slide by not getting vaccinated and he could still play with the team. Of course he's still in his beliefs, which I'm not against at all, but I just don't like the fact that he is getting a pass essentially when other guys was forced into it and ultimately had received it. I think that's kind of unfair. Now with that being said. It's not really too much in the NBA news that I'm too riled up about. What more I'm more concerned about talking about is this next topic, and I want to get straight into it after this. All right, guys, I'm back. I had to take a little break. My apologies. I had to clean my throat. Still a little bit under the weather. But I want to get into the NFL, and I want to speak about the Miami Dolphins, and more particularly, I want to speak about Tua Tagovailoa. Guys, it's time we tell the truth about Tua and what he is. Tua is not the guy. He's not. He's not the guy. He's not the answer. He's not what you thought you were taking fifth overall. Tua is a game manager Alex Smith kind of deal. That's him. He's not a guy who's going to be the difference maker in a franchise. He's going to only be as good as the franchise and the team around him allows him to be. And that's not why you take a guy fifth overall. You take a guy fifth overall to be the difference in your team being good or bad or good to great. You know, take a guy to have to depend on everything else around him situationally to be perfect in order for him to even look good. And I've always said if a a guy needs everything around him to be perfect at quarterback to look good, he's not the guy. And that's what Tua is. And I simply don't know if he can become anything more because his skill set as a player as from a physical skill set is extremely limited. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the most athletic. He's not that durable as we all know and can see. And he's not the biggest guy. So you're not athletic. You don't have the strongest arm. You don't have the physical tools to get away with certain throws and being late on certain reads. And you can't even take too many hits because you are a guy with an injury history. So I just don't see how you can turn this guy into a 12- or 15-year quarterback for you. When you have guys like a Joe Burrow becoming that right in front of our eyes. Justin Herbert coming that right before our eyes. You know, these are the guys he's, he's stacking up against because they were taken in the same draft class. And I'm just not fully sure that he can be those guys or at least on that caliber. I think it's time for the Dolphins to move on. Period, point blank, simply put. And the other things about the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals are legit guys. I just spoke about Joe Burrow briefly. He is playing absolutely lights out. But Jamar Chase today was something phenomenal against the Bengals. And I say that very, 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 very vehemently, this guy is someone who I knew was going to be special. I wanted the Dolphins to take this guy as a Dolphins. Fan. I wanted them to take him at fifth overall. They ultimately traded back and took Janowado. I'm I'm happy with the January pick. I think Janu will be a very good player for a long time. But I knew he wasn't this guy. I knew he wasn't this Excalibur special. <clears throat> Excuse me. I knew Jamar Chase was different. Simply put, I just understood that and seeing that throughout his collegiate career with LSU, I knew this guy was different. And he showed that today. He is different. Guys, he finished the game with 11 catches, 266 yards. That is literally the most receiving yards for any rookie receiver in NFL history in a game. And he finished with three touchdowns. Against a Kansas City Chiefs defense that was lighting it up the last couple of weeks. And they absolutely waxed them. Just him and Jamar Chase. They thraxed them bad. It was terrible. The Bengals are legit. The defense is even good. The offense is getting better by the week because they are young. This is a very young, hungry team that will continue to get better for the long run. And that's scary to say. And on the NFC side of things, I think the Packers are the most complete team out in the NFC, but I would not be shocked if the Bucks and the Rams both made runs in the postseason because both of those teams are extremely talented, and I think they're more talented than the Packers per se. I think the difference for the Packers is the fact that I believe Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league right now. And Devontae Adams is very much the best receiver in the league right now as well. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Packers were to be knocked off in like the NFC Championship against a team like the Bucs again or like the Rams because I just do believe they have very talented players and they ultimately have quarterbacks in Tom Brady, of course, and Matt Stafford who can get the job done. Not a doubt in my mind that I don't believe they could go in Lambeau and, you know, win in Lambeau. I don't doubt that at all. This offseason will be interesting, though. A lot of teams get more cap space because of, you know, the rise in the cap. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of teams going up that's wanting to look to get better soon by seeing the instant success that a lot of these other teams have had. And I can't wait to see what's going to occur exactly. But I will also say this. There are a lot of good teams that can surprise a lot of teams in the playoffs as we speak because I think the Colts are a dark horse to go to the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals just put the league on notice. I think the Packers are, like I said, the best team right now in the league, but I also believe the Bucs can get hot and beat any team and even get them in moments. I think the Rams could do that as well. Like, I even believe the Cowboys can do that. It's just a matter of time and a matter of time time places things of that nature because every we all know a team the better team does not win every Sunday sometimes the team just has an off day but it all is going to boil down to what team can be more consistent and stay healthier because with COVID these are special situations so we got to see now of course I have to speak on the Antonio Brown situation and for those who do not know Antonio Brown today, earlier today in the game against the New York Jets, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ultimately, you know, was successful against them in the end on the last second touchdown by Tom Brady. Antonio Brown mid-game took his gear off, equipment off, jersey, everything, threw it, threw his stuff in the crowd at, on the bench, and simply left. Now, further reports have stated that. Tony Brown is officially off the team. Bruce Arias has stated that himself right after the game in the post-conference. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. After reading the whole situation in the entirety, what happened, why he did what he did, I don't blame him for his, what he did. I don't blame him for how he felt. I do believe he could have went about it differently. I'm not excusing his actions by any any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying he was right the the way he went about it, but he had every right to be upset. I want to use an analogy for everyone, right? Let's all just think we're working for Google. Let's say we all sign a contract for Google, and Google signs you on a one-year contract, and in order for you to reach the full payment of said contract, you have to complete a certain amount of projects, write a certain amount of JavaScripts, Things like that within this year. You take the job. Because why you took a risk on yourself and your abilities because you felt as if you can achieve said goals that can get you the full entirety of that contract and this payout. Now, let's say you're three projects away from that goal, correct? And one day Google calls you and tell you don't come into work. Like, you're not needed today, right? How are you reacting? You're going to just say, okay? No. What you're going to do, you're going to be upset. Why? Because you're so close to your goal and to that ultimate payout, to that, to that, your contract, to honoring that contract that you signed to take a risk on yourself and your abilities, and someone took the opportunity away from you to even fulfill that on that given date. I understand it was another game. I understand there was more quarters. But y'all have to understand that it was literally reported that the game was being called not in the favor of Antonio Brown to even receive the ball, to receive the targets, to get the opportunity. So he was already frustrated that he wasn't getting the opportunity. Now, to make matters worse, Bruce Arians took him out of the game completely. So, of course, that didn't sit well with him, and when he expressed that, Bruce Arians was like, you know what, okay, fine, go back in. I, it took him getting upset to even want to keep him in the game, and, to, you know, who knows if he would have even gave him an opportunity because then he literally didn't have it throughout the game. So I said all that to say this. Ultimately, Martin Luther King once said, man, a man who isn't willing to stand for something will fall for anything. He felt disrespected, which he has every right to feel, because at the end of the day, they took food off his plate. And there's one thing I don't know. As one thing I do know, excuse me, you don't take food off another grown man's plate. Everyone is gonna say it was another game to be played. Everyone's gonna say he had the vaccine issue. He missed games. He could have been reached his goal. All this, this, and the third. All that can be true as long as. Along with the fact that he was disrespected in terms of them blackballing him. This is not the first time this has happened to players. This has happened to Victor Cruz. This happened to, I forgot his first name, but I remember his last name. I seen it earlier, Claiborne, who played for the Falcons, who was literally on the sideline crying because he failed to achieve his incentive goal. This happens to multiple players. Again, I cannot tell Antonio Brown he is wrong for feeling disrespected because I understand I can't say I don't agree with his actions, and I think could have went about it more in a professional manner. But I can't sit here and say he's wrong for getting upset. How can I say that when he literally had the opportunity to achieve his goal of his contract, and they took that from him? Yes, I know he walked out. Yes, I know it was another week to play. But next week, nine out of ten times, the Buccaneers starters are not playing, guys. They're, they have nothing to play for. Nothing. They're not going to. Their seating is not going to make a difference in at all because the seedings are pretty much set for the NFC. It's not going to make a difference at all. So why are they going to play the starters? Quick answer: They're not going to play the starters, which includes Antonio Brown. Which means if he wasn't going to get his incentive-based pay this week, he wasn't going to get it next week nine out of ten times because he is a starter. So he wasn't going to get it. Period. Now you all can see why he was upset. So I don't blame him for being upset at all. I think he had every right to be upset.